So, you know, today we're going to be talking about something that I changed topics. I was going to be talking about something. I set that aside. Why? Uh, because I ran into this question several times in the last couple of weeks, uh, especially when we were down in Florida, but several times in the last couple of weeks. And uh, amazing how many times it came up. The question was, with what I'm going through, how could God really be a God of love? That was the question. And it was phrased different ways in different times. So today we're going to be looking at digging into the depths of God's love. Who is this God who loves so much? And, and trying to get our arms around that a little bit. To be fair, uh, Ephesians 3 tells us very clearly, uh, the love of Christ surpasses all knowledge, which means it's an oak tree. You'll never get your arms around, okay? And so you can do this with it, and you can taste and see. You will not get the whole of it. In fact, if you got the whole of it, God is love. If you got all of God's love, you get all of God. And uh, that's a problem in the theology, right? Really, we have a huge God. And, and so we're doing this with the oak tree, and we're going around it, and we're experiencing parts of it, and, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn a little bit about God's love and what that means to us and how we can then process some of the situations we might personally be in, all right? That's what we're doing. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see where God leads this morning. Uh, why don't we just open in prayer to get it going there? Lord, we just give you this time. Uh, Father, we just hand you our hearts. In this moment, quiet us and uh, wake us up to what you'd have us to know. Uh, Lord, teach us from your word. Shape us and challenge us about you and being a God of love. Lord, we love you in as much as we're learning how. Teach us each and every day to take another step in your love and to bask in your glory. You're an awesome God. You're a worthy God. And we lift your mighty name up. It's in your name I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And we're going to move through a passage that talks about God's love, God's blessing, all right? And we're going to get some understanding of who God is and how he loves. What does that all mean, all right? So Psalm 103, just keep your hand raised. If you need a Bible, the ushers will get one to you. Just keep your hand raised. They'll get one there. So the first step on God's love, point number one, what is God's love like? What is God's love like? That's the question we're going to be answering here. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. That's just the first part. And he's saying, my God is awesome to me personally. Let me review it with you, right? And then he, he goes through this. So this is a Psalm from David. He starts out, bless the Lord. Bless. It means to praise. It means to lift his name up. It means to put him first. So it's about your actions and your words celebrating his awesomeness. Bless the Lord. And it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, right? All capitals. That means this is the personal name of God used, Yahweh. So he's like, bless the personal God who's personally invested in my life. Praise his name, All right? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And uh, this word in the Hebrew uh, means that part of us that's very aware of us. Uh, in fact, I wrote it this way. It's the center of self-awareness, but not selfishness. 
all right? It doesn't mean that we're all self-absorbed when we are talking about our soul, but it does mean that we absolutely understand that there's something going on and here's how I'm invested into that. And in fact, he's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. So what he's really saying is, let's just celebrate how much I'm nothing without my God. And let's look at how awesome he is in my life, all right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. In the Hebrew, a name is everything. Uh, In fact, the name represents your character. The name represents your actions. And so bless the Lord for his character. Bless the Lord for his actions. Let's lift him up for how awesome he is in name and in deed. And uh, so bless the Lord, O my soul. You got to love the repeat, right? We're in a poetry here. So when you see the repeat, he's like, I'm serious. This is really important, right? Bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits. How easy it is for us to go through a day where it's been hard and God's done some things for us, awesome things, and we get through that day and we head to the next day and all of a sudden we're like, whatever. The new day is upon me now and I have forgotten what has happened and and all those things that God has either done or protected us from and we don't have a list of it and we're not thinking about it. We're thinking about yet again tomorrow, right? And, And we forget his benefits. We ignore the things that have been done and we miss out on a huge part of God's love. Uh, let's not forget, all right? Let's keep a strong memory and continue to go over these benefits. And so David does that for us. He's like, hey, let me give you a few benefits right now, right? He forgives of all your iniquity. He forgives of all your iniquity. Forgives like debt paid. Forgives. Like you owed something, but not anymore. I got that one. He forgives. And of what? Of all your iniquity of all your sin, of all the wrongdoing. Yes, when we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, really important to understand, this is when we are following him and he is our God. When we say that's where we are with him, for eternity he has said this, got you covered. Like my cross, my shed blood over you. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Sins past, sins present, sins future, all covered. Awesome God. He forgives. Amen. And that's our God. And uh, what a great one to start with. And he doesn't start with, hey, let me tell you all these things God gave me. And it's like, this is about my life with him. And he forgave me. And he forgave me of everything. It says, and heals of all your disease. And heals of all your disease. So God takes away that which we're struggling with. God takes away the pain and the heartache and hang on. I think I had a tumor like four months ago. What's up with that? How does this passage work? And, and be careful. Two things to say about it. One is there's an eternal perspective that we have to understand. All right. Part of it is there's an eternal perspective in the end. Trust me. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more heartache healing here god done with it and all of us with perfect bodies that's an awesome thing and uh, for some of us more than others that's an awesome thing right and uh, perfect bodies and no more healing needed perfection 
at hand. And yes, eternal perspective at hand. But know this, in the Old Testament, God clearly made known his eternal perspective by at times doing things in the temporal. And for them, he said, I'm telling you, you follow me, you'll be blessed. And David was celebrating that God took away pain and struggle for those who were following him. Can you imagine that time frame? For those who followed him, blessing, and for those who didn't, cursing, a very temporal moment to reflect what's going on now in our eternal perspective with the gospel. God's sending a message. I'm going to do some huge things around here. Watch me work. And uh, healing. I I love this, that our God heals. He heals today and now at times. And he chooses to heal in different ways, and we trust him for whatever. I mean, I had a tumor and had to have surgery. And some of you may not even know that. You started coming after it. And, and uh, February was a wild ride. And uh, you know what? Now I just went in June. Uh, we had our doctor's visit and got some feedback there. And at this point, they're saying they see no tumor. That's a good thing. Uh, seven years, we'll check it every year. All right. That's where we're at. And we'll see if anything grows. But right now they're not seeing anything there. Praise God to that. And uh, energy levels, are uh, they were plummeting. And uh, they're on the way up again now. And uh, so at this point, I'm coming off of meds. It looks like thyroid might be the only med I'm on. And who knows, that could be for life. And uh, that's fine. If that's what God chooses, that's fine. And and so where we are is some healing tasted of. And God's doing some mighty things. And and I can't wait to get off this cortisol. And, uh, And we'll see what God's got in store. But you know what? Our God does heal. Sometimes in the moment, guaranteed for eternity. Amen? That's our God. He heals. And uh, who redeems your life from the pit. Who redeems your life from the pit. That's where we belong with sin. When we stand and shake our fist at God and say, it's going to be all about me, we belong in the pit, separated from him for eternity. How? Alone, paying the price for my own rebellion. And yet he says, he redeems us from that pit. He bought us with a price. His shed blood on the cross for me, for you, if you've trusted in Christ as your Savior. If you've been drawn by the Father, if you've committed to Him, if you've dropped to your knee, if you've simply said this, you're my God, and I follow you with all I've got, I commit to you. In that moment, shed blood covered, price paid. Hear me on this, this redeeming, let's not get confused, He's not paying the evil, the evil one, He's not paying the evil one. He's paying God the Father and his holiness, all right? God the Father's holiness demanding a penalty and then the love of God paying that penalty, the redeeming all self-contained within God himself. Really important to get that, all right? This is not somehow God weaker than the rest of and has to pay a price to and he's working out in himself what he demands and what he's willing to make available. Our God redeems And our God is satisfying his holiness in the midst of that. It says, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who crowns you like welcome to the kingdom? He's saying, I'm king. And if he puts a crown on you, that makes you prince or princess. Welcome to the king's family. You are in the royal family now, adopted as his child. And he's saying he crowns you with two things, steadfast love and mercy. Steadfast love. That's when he's like pouring out this word. Anytime you see that word, steadfast love, 
It's the Hebrew word hesed, H-E-S-E-D. It means love that is unwavering, never changing, completely dependable, only spoken of of God. And that love, he crowns on you. It's his lavishing on you, his graciousness to you. And then on the other side, his mercy, the other crown he places on you. Uh, The things that you deserve withholding, right? And so grace is giving you the stuff you don't deserve and mercy is withholding the stuff you do deserve. And those are the two crowns you wear as a part of his family. And uh, wow, this is God's love for us. And uh, it says, who satisfies you with good? I love this. Uh, Did you know that God designed you and is willing to satisfy you? But note this. Uh, God is good and satisfies you with good. He's satisfying you with himself. All right. You will be most satisfied when you are most with him. And every moment you increase that in experiencing his love and experiencing his lavishing on you, you will experience higher and higher levels of satisfaction in him. He looks for you to be satisfied as he pours on you, all right? Wow. God's love for you. It says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Okay, this is not talking about a fountain of youth effect, where all of a sudden you lose a few years, right? But he is talking about, I'm telling you, you will be rejuvenated spiritually. You will be energized joyfully as you experience the God of this universe pouring into you, providing in the midst of a struggle as the devastation sits right in front of you. But your God is bigger. And that unbelievable moment of it being all about him is so satisfying, so renewing in your life. Trust in the Lord. Live in the Lord and express back your praise for his love. That's just at the individual level. Now he moves to the corporate level. He says, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. That's our God. He is righteous. He is holy. He is just. All right. And he works that way in this world. And uh, again, remember, eternal perspective, 100% done temporally at times making it really done and at other times letting things move a different way in order to grow us and shape us. And uh, it says here, he works that righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed um, and made known his ways to Moses and acts to the people of Israel. He is absolutely making himself clear. Uh, That's the beauty is he's simply saying this, uh, I'm going to communicate who I am. I'm not asking you to take a wild guess. I'm going to communicate who I am to you. And I want you to know my love. And I want you to know my passion. And I want you to know my compassion. I love you. You matter to me. That's God crying that out to you. I love you. You matter to me. I love you with all I've got. All right. It says... Um, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Here's that hesed again, right? So slow to anger, patient, and uh, I keep doing that sin over and over again. 
And God is slowly and patiently working that through that with me. He does bring on times of discipline. He is looking to shape me and grow me, but he's always pouring on his love, steadfast love. He will not always chide, the ESV says. All right, that's the first time I've used that word, chide. I don't use that word. All right, I guess nine o'clock was the first time I used the word. And uh, chide, it, it means to kind of poke and prod at with words, pointing out the weak spot. Not like that. Not like that. Right? That's a chiding. And, and there's a recommendation from God. He's going, hey, we're going to move off of that now. We're moving off of that now. Right? And we're moving off of that now. And then we're kind of like, oh, are we supposed to be moving off of that now? Right? Like that's us working with our God and he moves with us as he reflects upon the change that needs to happen. And then he says, nor will he keep his anger forever. Notice that does mean there will be an anger at times. God does discipline. And uh, hear me, this is one of the reasons we're going through this today because all too often people wrestle and say, how could a loving God do this? And yet often what that loving God is doing is bringing you from the muck of sin through that to a restoration. And that anger, that bringing through, that disciplining is bringing you to a better spot. And that's loving. And enablement is not love. And and so our loving God often interworks with us in the midst of our sin. And uh, it says, he does not deal with us according to our sins. Praise God. Right? He does not deal with us according to our sins. Now hear me, be very careful. If you read this and you're not trusting him, if you're shaking a fist at him, you're like, I will not make you my God. I stand against you. Uh, this is not the verse to be reading and saying it applies to me. Be very careful. This is a verse. Remember, it's written right now to David. He's writing it. And then Israel, the believing following Israel. And they're saying in the midst of trusting in him and having faith in him being saved, I can count on my sins not being held against me. That's saved. My sins taken away from me. We'll see that in a little bit. And in fact, he goes one step further and he says, I want you to know that nothing of what you've done is how God treats you. And uh, let's just talk about love uh, American style. I'm saying, like, let's talk about how it's seen around here. You know, you see a fiance with his, um, with his girl and he's talking to her and they're sitting and talking over a dinner and, and uh, she says some witty things and, and cracks a few jokes and, and he's just laughing and smiling and he says, babe, I love you. I love being with you. I mean, you are sharp and you're a blast. I love and beautiful. Oh, I love you. Do you hear this? In a way, and it's not wrong to be saying those words. Please hear me on that. But at the same time, the love is fully dependent on them and what they have. Are you hearing that? I love you because you're pretty, you're smart, you're funny, you're... Be careful. See, that's the kind of love where we're like, I fell in love. Think of that phrase, like, we, we fell in love. It's awesome. And then all of a sudden we're like, fall out of love. Never mind. Not anymore though, right? You're not doing it for me now. And, and um, really, that's not the kind of love God's talking about. That is not God's love. Everybody just say, not God's love. 
Yeah, I agree with you. God does not treat us according to our sin. He's not looking at us and saying, you're so worthwhile. Let me pour on you. He's saying, because of who I am, I love you. I am love and I love you. The end. The solidity to God's love is that it depends on him. The unwaveringness to God's love is that it depends on him. Your God loves you. He loves you. All because God is love. That's beautiful. Like that is what we can lean on. And, uh, you know, I just wrote this. Benefits. Uh, they're not endpoints. They're meant to be reminders of our God who is the endpoint. Benefits. They're not endpoints. Uh, they're reminders of our God who is to be the endpoint. And, um, okay. So, uh, listen, when we talk about love, uh, one of the things we can do, we get, like, this is talking to somebody and they're like, uh, yeah, I guess I love you. Right? And you're like, I don't really think so. I'm not feeling that, man. Right? Was not like, I love you. You get this sense of intensity or, or you get this, this uh, excitement you're sensing within them, right? Emotion comes with it. And it's a big deal. We need to understand that emotions are a good part of our experience in life. But question, does God experience those same emotions? So I was like, hey, what are emotions? Let's look it up a little bit. So here we go. Emotions. Uh, a sensation and a mental state based on your circumstances. A sensation and mental state based on your circumstances. I got to tell you, I was not happy with that definition when I read it. I'm like, what? That means every time I feel something, it's based on circumstances. Man, I'm lame. Right? And then, but I'm telling you, as I worked through the week, I, it's kind of true. It's like always about those circumstances. That maybe the thing that's coming, think about it. That thing that's coming in front of you, maybe it's around the corner, you're not sure what it is, and now all of a sudden you're like, ooh. I'm just so nervous. I'm, I'm just, I'm anxious about it. I'm worrying about it. I'm, or, or maybe I'm dreading it or I'm fearing it. What if? And, and right that tomorrow and what about and, and emotion, right? And then we turn the corner and we run into it. Now it's upon us. It's no longer tomorrow. It's today and it's here. And maybe it turned out great. And you're like, yes, this is awesome. I'm like euphoric and I'm doing a dance of joy and I'm happy or Maybe it's what you've dreaded with all you could imagine. And you're devastated. And you're sad beyond measure and emotion. It's about the circumstances we walk through. And our question, uh, does God have emotion like that? Does God experience emotion like that? I mean, God knows from eternity past to eternity future, everything that's going to happen. He has it all under control. So nothing is a surprise. Does God have that kind of emotion? And the answer is, well, no, not that kind of emotion. The kind that celebrates in the moment the unknown and dreads the future. And, and then when it experiences, it gets euphoric or not. And no, God actually has a very different kind of emotion. But yes, he has emotion. And uh, really, Tim, you got some proof of that? Yeah, here's a few, few verses for you, all right? God has emotion, and he expresses it big time. Here we go. First, the simple one. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Did you notice that word so in there? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, giving Jesus Christ is love. 
But trust me, yes, that was the action of love. Before it, he was experiencing love. He so loved that he gave. There was this welling up within for, and it says, for God so loved the world. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, all right? God loving all in that regard. Next emotion, Genesis 19, 16. For the compassion of the Lord was upon him. He has compassion. Compassion is when you hurt for someone because of the tough time they're in. And God hurting for them and with them. And uh, Isaiah 30, 18. uh, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He longs to be gracious. Uh, That's a part of his emotion that's welling up. He's like, I can't wait to give this to them, man. I got this thing planned for tomorrow. You wouldn't believe how good this is going to be. Can't wait to pour this on them. That's your God for you. He longs to be gracious. And uh, Genesis 6, 6, take a turn here. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart at the time of Noah. He was grieved. In the midst of things being not in a way that honors his character, it cuts him to the core. It grieves him. And Ephesians 4, the Holy Spirit is grieved. And yeah, God grieves. He is dissatisfied with it in its condition. And uh, Nehemiah 8.10, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. God Almighty celebrating, despite circumstance, just, This is awesome! The joy of the Lord. And, and that's who our God is. He has that joy. Isaiah 62.5, And the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Hang on, let that settle for a moment. So your God rejoices over you. This is like the ultimate grandfather-grandparent move, right? Have you seen my kids? Look at this. Do you know how much I love them? That's God over you. If you've trusted in him as your savior, if you are his child, if you've said, Lord, you're my God, you're sitting underneath him and he's like, I'm rejoicing. Because of you. That's why. And uh, be careful. That doesn't mean we're all that. Right? Remember, he's not throwing his love on us because we're worth it. He's throwing his love on us because he is love. And uh, so Zephaniah 3.17, great close to that statement. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing the best acapella voice you've ever heard, right? As God unleashes, singing over the top of you, saying how worthwhile he sees you to be pouring into, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. He's just saying, I love you. With all I got, I love you. And I know you're going through something hard. I'm here with you. I love you with all I have. And sings a song that I can't even imagine what it says. I can't wait to hear that on heaven's side. Uh, yes, God rejoicing and singing over you. Uh, be careful. Some of you right now are sitting in a situation where you're like, not feeling that. Not feeling that love. And uh, it's true. And it's there. So maybe we need to ask God to tear some blinders off. Lord, show me the love of who you are pouring into my life. Show me you rejoicing over me. May I get my eyes off the circumstance and place my eyes on my God, who is love.
all right? And uh, so those are emotions that God has. Uh, check this. Our emotions are always something we're battling. Have you noticed that? Like, I think I should do this, but then I fear, then I want to, right? Our emotions start pulling us this way, right? And all of a sudden, our emotions are a war zone. And we have to always battle what we feel and get it in line with what we think. And, and uh, that's not the kind of emotion God has. God's emotion, 100% in alignment with his character, all right? Completely in alignment with his perfection and with his sovereignty, with his all-knowingness. And God, 100% in unity, he's experiencing these emotions as he moves along the way. He's not fighting himself. He is, I wrote it this way, best thing I can say, his emotions make his experience rich beyond all measure. Our God loves to laugh. He loves to feel, but his feelings are all in alignment with who he is. And in fact, his emotions make the experience rich while never making it questionable. While never making it questionable. Our emotions make it questionable, right? Who knows what you feel tomorrow? Who knows how you'll... But our God never is questionable because of his emotions, all right? Big deal to get that nailed down. And uh, there's a big systematic theology word for it. It's called impassibility. It's forget it. God has emotion. He is powerfully, passionately feeling, but it never puts who he is in jeopardy. Our God is completely trustworthy. That's our king. All right? Okay. So I just wrote this, an illustration of the gospel, gospel love. God created, we destroyed it. His glory trampled, and yet he longs to be gracious to us. Why? Because he is love. He clothes himself in humility. He is willing to sacrifice. He is beaten. He is abused. He is murdered. Why? Because he is love. He conquers death. He arose. He declares, it is finished. As the penalty is paid. For his children. Why? Because he is love. God loves you with all he's got. Man, taste and see that the Lord is good. Know him as your savior and king and experience this God to the full. Simple question. Are you praising your God regularly for his love? Are you lifting his name up simply because of the word love? An amazing expression and experience of him. Remember his love. Remember his works. Bless his holy name. That's our first challenge, all right? Second. So that was what is love. This is who. Who does he love? All right? Before we jump in, I really want to get this clear. We got to be really careful here. So who? Uh, Hey, I'm really wrestling with this. I don't quite understand it. And uh, uh, I, I know there's certain times where it seems like I'm doing what's right and the guy next to me is being blessed more and he isn't. And how does that all work? And had one of those talks this last week. And, and how does God's love work in that? Okay, let's make sure we understand this first. Uh, three facets to God's love, all right? Three broader facets to God's love. And um, you can go deeper into this. I'm just going to go to kind of a high level. So the first one is God loves that which is perfect, Worthy. God loves that which is worthy. Uh, just so you know, that is not you or me. Okay? Not worthy, not perfect. Coming up woefully short. 
That is simply God loving himself. God the Father loves God the Son. God the Son loves God the Father. God the Spirit loves Father and Son, all right? Got any proof for that, Tim? Yeah. Uh, John 3, 35, Father loving the Son. John 14, 31, the Son loving the Father. And John 16, 14, the Spirit respectfully, servingly loving both Father and Son. Absolutely, the Trinity loving one another. Get this, before creation, before you and me, before anything, God was, right? And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit loving one another. Love existed not when he created a being like you and me to love on, but just because he is love and the relationship within the Trinity. Huge. Got to get it. God is love and loves the relationship of love. All right? So that's the first piece, worthiness. Second, uh, God has a general love for all creation. A general love for all creation. Uh, Really, Tim, I'm not sure I agree with that. Hang on. Let me give you a few verses. General love for all creation. Colossians 1, 16 through 18. He says that Jesus Christ created with the spoken word. It says that by his very presence, he sustains them. Yes, the one who shakes his fist and says, I will not serve you. Sustained by Christ's presence. Love. Yeah, there is a general common grace love poured out on all creation. And uh, how about this one? Uh, Jesus dealing with the rich man, the rich young ruler. You guys heard about it last week with Shane and and Mark 10. And and, um, as you go through that story, the rich man is told, you have an idol. You're holding something between me and you. You're holding money between us. Let go of your money and then we'll be good, right? Rich man goes away and it says, and Jesus loved him. The rebel who would not turn and Jesus loved him. Yes, there is a common grace love over all of his creation. Absolutely. God loves everyone in this sense. Say it. God loves everyone. Yes, that is true in this sense. Okay. And we have to be very clear on that. Next step though. And there is a particular love that God has. All right. A particular love that God has. And uh, this is a big deal. This is for those he calls his This is for those he has drawn out. This is for those who are his children. This is for those who trust in him as their savior and believe in him. Uh, Got any proof on that? Yeah, John 6, 44. That the father draws and whom he draws will come and he pours his love on them. Romans 9, 16, it's based all on him. And uh, Ephesians 1, in love he predestined us. Uh, Here's a couple of them that will blow you away too. Uh, He actually works with believers and as we follow him and love him more, he blesses all the more into us. Jude 21. It says, keep yourselves in his love. There is a sense of being benefited by being obedient to him and by being with him. And even further than that, um, if you go to John 15, 9, remain in his love. These are calls that we have to experience the love of God deeply and richly, a particular love upon his Children, if you believe in him, if he's drawing you and called you and declared you his own, if you're saying, I will follow you, Lord, a particular love upon you. And then even further than that, for those who are obedient within it, it's an amazing saving love and then blessing of those saved. That's a particular love that God has. All right. So yes, God has a particular love. Yes, he has a general love overall creation. And yes, he loves within himself, within the Trinity. And uh, we have to understand that. I'm telling you, if you don't, you're going to be like this. 
I've been super obedient. And uh, how come that farmer over there is getting the rain and the sunshine just like I am, and he's completely disobedient? Matthew 5.45. God lets it rain on both the unrighteous and the righteous. The general love. See, if we try to make it just one type and we say it's only the particular love, we're looking for only believers to be blessed, we get confused in it. God loves all and then particularly pours upon those who are his children. Absolutely have to get that straight. All right, it'll help make a lot of things clear for you. Okay, so that helps set the tone. Now we're diving in. Uh, This set of verses here is about the particular love that God has, all right? And uh, we'll start in verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear him. Are you hearing it? Who fear him. They're trusting in him. They're counting on him. They see his holiness and they respect him. This is a reverence and an awe. This is a you're in charge. You're my God. All right? And uh, his steadfast love over them. Unwavering love poured on him. How high? As high as the heavens are above the earth. And so far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removes our sin. Again, this forgiveness for those that are particularly loved by him. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So for those who fear him, for those who are his children, for those who are saved, you're seeing these blessings coming out. All right? This is that third kind of love we were talking about. Really important we get that. For he knows our frame. I love the statement. Get ready. He remembers that we are dust. Get it straight. God is awesome, and we are not. Simple statement. And uh, let's worship him because of how he pours on us what we don't deserve, all right? Uh, We can follow his model of love. In fact, Christ said, hey, my commandment to you is love the Lord your God, right? I am love, so why not? Right, his command is love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. His command is two-part, love, love. Love vertically, love horizontally, right? And our job is to follow him as our model and do that. Simply put, that's our job. And the more you model it, the more others can get it. And that's the message that's shared without our outside of these walls. And I'm telling you this past week um, at VBS, I watched a kid sitting about third row forward from the midline there. And uh, he was standing there, and you saw in the video, right, some of the hand motions. They're like doing this kind of thing. They're going after it, right? And this kid's like, not me. No. And he was standing there, and he's looking at everybody, and he's watching, and he's just standing there. One of his leaders, big dude, comes up next to him, doesn't say anything to him. He just stands there and then jumps into the song. Oh, yeah! And he's going after it. He's worshiping God. Eyes are closed. He's celebrating, singing as loud as he can. And this kid goes like this. And that was it. He was in. And he was just worshiping the whole rest of the time. I'm telling you what was modeled for him is my God is awesome. And my God will get my attention. And I'm going to give everything I have to him. And his hands are in the air raised. And they went to prayer. And he sits down and he's like, "Uh uh-uh. Raises his hands again during prayer. I'm worshiping you, God. Something happened in his little heart right then and there. And I'm telling you, that's our job. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And watch God work as you're modeling who he is. It is amazing what our God can do. All right, who does God pour his love on? Yeah, he pours it on everyone at one level. 
But man, there is a particularness to his love that you can only taste of as you call him your Lord, as you need him as your Savior, as you hear the draw of the Father and drop to your knees and say, you're in charge. Give God your everything and you'll taste of a love of him like never before, all right? So that's the what of God's love, the who of God's love. Real quickly now, how long does he love? Check this out. Uh, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place is known no more. Uh, Man is temporary. Everybody just say temporary. Man is temporary. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. His particular love forever. Hear that. His particular love on his forever and ever. Everlasting. In fact, it says, to those who keep his covenant, remember to do his commands. This is the love your God and love your neighbors yourself. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. He rules So the one who is love sets the rules and the rule is simply this. My love is going to be stunning for eternity. From eternity past to eternity future. In love, he predestined. Like from the very beginning, there was love. In love, before he ever created God the Father loving God the Son and likewise in reverse. There is love from the beginning. There is love all the way through to eternity future. Our God loves forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's our God, all right? And so I thought, illustration, what's the best illustration? Uh, it's time for us to simply say those words, the forever and ever and ever and ever, amen, all right? So we're going to break it down. This group, you guys are the forever group, all right? And so how long are we supposed to love God for? Forever. How long does he love for? Forever. His love is how long? bigger. His love is how long? All right. And then your job is and ever. So that's forever. And then how long? Good job. And here and ever. Give me it again. And your job is to give us an and ever that doesn't sound like we're ending. Okay. Give us a huge and ever. All right. His love will last. How long? Amen. And that is our God. He worships. He is worth being worshipped with all we have. He is stunning beyond measure. He delivers himself into our lives. And we don't deserve a moment of it. And it lasts forever. That's God's love. Let that settle. And get ready to bless him with all you've got. All right? Simple challenge. Have you tasted of that love? Do you know him as that God? Don't let a moment go by where you're experiencing him as love. And uh, maybe that means today where you put a stake in the ground and say, I'm trusting you as my savior for the first time. Like I'm done making it all about me. It will be about you. And uh, God, I worship you. I need you. Please put your trust in him today and just let him know that. Maybe you've already done that and you're like, I'm good with that but I'm getting messed up and confused. I'm forgetting my benefits. And Lord, help me be reminded of you. Bring it back to worshiping him with all you've got every day you've got to breathe that your God is celebrated as the King of Kings.
And the fourth statement is his giant crescendo. Here's the call to action, all right? Experience the Lord's love and thank him passionately. Experience the Lord's love and thank him passionately. He says, bless the Lord. Now, remember, he's called himself to the table in verses 1 through 6. Then he called Israel, believing Israel, to the table. Now he's calling all angels to the worship table. Let's gather everyone. He says, bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his work, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Angels, come on up. All the good angels who are going to worship him, let's celebrate our God and lift his name up. And then he goes one step further. Bless the Lord, all his works. Everyone who's been created, come forward, who's ready to worship him. Let's celebrate him as God. All believers, all those experiencing his particular love, let's do this thing where God is worshiped. And notice it says then, bless the Lord, oh my soul. May the very innermost of me recognize I need him with all I've got. That's the crescendo call as millions upon millions upon millions thunder through the ages. Our God is awesome and so worth being loved. May he get my everything because without him, I have nothing. He is love. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. That's our job to celebrate the one who forever reigns. May he get our full attention because of his awesome love. Let's pray.